Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the August issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Late Season Pasture Fly Control. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dave Boxler, who's a Nebraska Extension Educator focused on entomology based at the West Central Research and Extension Center. Thanks for joining me today, Dave. Good morning, Aaron. Dave, we're sitting here towards the end of summer, but we've had quite a bit of warm conditions. And as we look at the outlook for this fall, it looks like those warm conditions could continue. With that in mind, we may see the fly season extended as we look to this fall. And, and as we think about maybe some of the fly control measures that we had in place early this spring, uh, the efficacy of those may be starting to wane. What are some things producers might want to think about as they look at fly populations this time of year? And also, what may be some control methods if that's warranted? Well, certainly, uh, producers who uh, utilize insecticide air tags um, this year, uh, they're starting to play out, especially towards the end of August. And um, what compounds the issue is that you start to see an increase in horn fly uh, numbers. And this is a natural progression that occurs in late August and early September. You've got overlapping fly generations, and you see that second peak that, that comes in. And, and historically, uh, we used to see in September cold fronts come in and really drop the temperature, which would impact horn fly numbers rather significantly. But looking over the last five years, you kind of see a trend occurring where we're staying much warmer through the months of September, October and even in November. And uh, the horn flies will hang around until we get a, a really hard freeze. That's starting to occur later and later uh, every fall. So we're gonna have to modify our horn fly management techniques a little bit because numbers still can be well over the economic injury level of 200 uh, well into October. And we saw that last year very, very vividly. So I think that uh, producers need to focus on possibly looking at a pour-on or a animal spray. And, and I think uh, as far as being efficient, efficacy, and, and, and rather easy to apply, a spray might be the, the thing to try because you can take your sprayer out uh, into the, the pasture and you don't have to gather the animals up most of the time. But a spray seems to work better this time of year. However, we do have uh, producers who start uh, processing their cattle in late September and early October. Uh, so a pour-on would work for those people very well. So I would encourage our producers to monitor their, their horn fly numbers. If you see cattle really being annoyed, and uh, many times on untreated animals uh, during the, the month of uh, September, you can see population numbers that would exceed 3,000 flies. And that is a huge population that really impacts the animal performance and increases stress levels. So that's something we want to try to reduce. And I would also encourage producers to treat their bulls because uh, bulls uh, naturally uh, are, are uh, an attractant for horn flies because they have a higher level of testosterone. And I was visiting with a local livestock producer 
earlier this year who never used to treat their bulls in the in the fall. And they soon realized that once they did, they actually were able to put more weight on those bulls through the fall season. So I, I think it's a real incentive to provide some means of, of horn fly control uh, for your cattle during that period of time. Dave, this year with drought conditions, I think there's going to be some typical fall work done, thinking here about pregnancy testing thinking about weaning of calves, it's going to occur earlier than normal. As we think about just that opportunity to maybe do some things, thinking about early weaned calves, fly control, thinking about bringing cows through and preg testing, any opportunity to maybe utilize some tools or utilize some of these products since we're going to, going to be maybe doing these activities earlier than we normally would? Well, certainly a pour-on would work very nicely at this period of time. And I, I know many producers uh, utilize a, a pour-on, uh, you know, at this time. But whatever fits their management style, uh, that's what I would go with. And, and I would rely either on a pour-on or an animal spray. Uh, and that would be most helpful. One of the things you mentioned in the article, and I'm thinking here about calves and weaning, uh, stable flies and just the the nuisance they can provide and and identifying maybe where those stable flies are resting and using some insecticide actually on those resting sites. Could you go into a little more detail about that and how that might have some application, especially as we think about uh, calves in a weaning lot and how we might reduce the fly population there? Well, that, that's a very good uh, very good thought because the stable flies are, are most impacting on, on uh, livestock. It doesn't take many to impact rate of gain. And uh, they are extremely uh, annoying, uh, especially to, to young calves. The way that the stable fly uh, biology works, they, they normally take two blood feedings per day. And after each blood feeding, they find a shaded area to rest and digest the blood. And those can be the shaded side of buildings, even uh, water tanks, or even fences. And if, uh, if you have the opportunity, you could use an insecticide as a residual and spray those resting sites, which really would uh, reduce the overall stable fly population significantly. And also focus on windbreaks. Many times uh, during the heat of the day in the afternoon, like say today, where we're going to be in triple digits, uh, you can walk into a windbreak and you can actually hear the stable flies and actually see them because they're they're going to be resting on the undersides of leaves and uh, on uh, on cedars, so uh, you can actually spray in, into into a, a windbreak and take out a lot of uh, stable flies. Actually, spraying the animal uh, may not be as effective as targeting the resting sites uh, at this time of the year. Dave, anything else on this topic that you think would be valuable as producers evaluate fly control this time of year? Well, I think that as we move forward over the, the next few years, I think we're probably going to have to reevaluate some of our uh, pasture fly control strategies. Uh, and that's simply based on our, our weather patterns are changing. As a result, we're going to have to make some changes. We may have to say if we're, we're using a, an insecticide ear tag, we may have to reapply that tag sometime during the fly season. That happens down in the southern states, and I know that as we continue to warm up, I, I think that over, over the years, we're going to probably have to change our management styles 
to accommodate the, the weather uh, pattern changes. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Dave. You're very welcome, Aaron. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article we discussed today, Late Season Pasture Fly Control. And in that article, there's a number of products listed and how they might be applied for your particular situation.